Hello, and welcome to the I Hear Design podcast. I'm Adrienne Thompson, writer for Interiors and Sources. And as we're ending the year of March, I can't help but start thinking about the biggest event of the commercial design industry, which is just a couple months away. Um, I'm sure you guys all get an idea of what I'm talking about, and that is, of course, Neocon. Neocon is marking its 51st edition this year in Chicago's The Mart, uh, that big building formerly known as the Merchandise Mart for those who have attended in the past. Um, The three-day event this year is taking place in June again, this time June 10th through the 12th, and design folks are already gearing up for what is going to be a packed and exciting show. Um, This year's theme is going to explore human-centered design, and we'll see that through programs and products and showrooms, and it's also going to be starting off with a very powerful keynote lineup each day, and that keynote lineup includes today's guest, Liz Ogbu. Liz, thank you for joining us today on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Liz, everybody, is the keynote speaker who will be presenting on Wednesday, June 12th, and she will be in the Neocon Theater. Um, She is a designer, urbanist, and spatial justice advocate. Liz is also founder and principal of Studio O, which is a multidisciplinary consulting working um, consultancy, excuse me, working to innovate challenged urban environments globally. So from designing shelters for immigrant day laborers in the U.S. to water and health social enterprise for low-income Kenyans, Liz has a long history of working with communities in need to leverage the power of design to catalyze sustained social impact. Her work really blends human-centered design research methodologies, architecture, and equipment equitable development principles, uh, cross-disciplinary design thinking frameworks, and social agendas. So Liz, your presentation is titled, Do No Harm, The Role of Design in Complicated Times. Can you just describe to our audience what this means and what topics they can expect to explore when attending your presentation this June? Sure. So I think, um, you know, it was a little bit inspired by uh, Darren Walker, who's president of the Ford Foundation, had written a letter. Um, he has a sort of annual letter that he puts out at the beginning of every year. And last year, he had put one where he, um, <clears throat> excuse me, quoted from a, a writer from the American um, Medical Association Journal, where he talked about um, that we've sort of reached a, a period of time where it's impossible for hospitals or medical professionals to be bystanders um, and that if we if you say that your actions are neutral and they don't matter in the context of the times that we're in that you're effectively choosing a side um, and that we need to all be a little bit more intentional and I started thinking about that in the context of designers um, you know I come from an architecture background but I would say any designer that in some way we are impacting the um, the physical or digital environment, um, and we're and the things that we are creating actually do play a pretty significant role in people's lives. Whether it's the the place where they live, or the you know products that they use to get through the day, or the online environments that they experience, and the idea that there is a neutrality to that, I think, is false. And so, I'm really interested in how do we shift from being like unintentional actors 
to more intentional accomplices. I think a lot of us have been really struck by um, sort of the times that we're in. And um, it's, it's challenging personally for a lot of us. And I want to sort of argue that I don't think those personal challenges should be divorced from the professional challenges that I think that we're at a point where we have to talk about what is the role of design in the the context that we're living in and how does design have a a, a voice that is actually a force for like how we could achieve a better world and how in particular we could achieve a more just world. Well, a lot of the stuff that I deal with is specifically in the justice space. And I think if at any point anyone has sort of been struck by you know, how some people have access and some people don't. I think the idea of how we each as a member of society and in particular as people come in with certain bit of skills are contributing to make sure that everybody gets the right to live um, or not the right, but like actually fulfills the basic human right of living in a more just world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think these points all definitely tie in with the human centered design theme of this year's show. So going into these points, what are your hopes for some of the products and showrooms that companies and manufacturers have put together to see these themes and how can they display these things, these themes in their showroom? What are your hopes for walking around Neocon and seeing evidence of this? Um, I think for me, I'm interested to see... You see me, um, how people talk about the, the wider story. So when we think about products that have come into being, um, what are the influences that have um, led to that product being created? Um, and that's everything from like, what are the, the human influences? What is it trying to respond to? To what are the environmental influences? Like how is it understanding um, the environment as part of this conversation of a, a just world? Um, and so... I think when we see products outside of context, it becomes hard. It's very easy to divorce them and think, and they almost become like a design exercise. And so I think if we can talk about that wider story and, you know, in the cases where a product maybe hasn't considered that or has in what it's doing, there's maybe been some harm, um, even if unintentionally perpetuated, how do we have a conversation about that? Um, and what does it mean to do better? And how do we think about um, application of these product products and how we're enabling designers to use them in a more just way. So I think it's just broadening the context around how we discuss these products um, so that they just don't become these like objects without meaning, um, but they have meaning that is infused both by how it even got to that showroom and what we're talking about the its life being once it leaves the showroom. Mm-hmm. And I think with what that comes from that, there needs to be a sense of honesty with companies. Um, you know, there's a bit of trial and error and finding out what works for everybody, or maybe this didn't work, or maybe that, you know, we made something and it didn't work for the user in the space. So with that, I think it just goes to show that there can always be growth and people can always, um, you know, have a better approach, making it comfortable for all who are going to be using that space or that product. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think sometimes we're, kind of raised in a culture that like treats failure as really, really bad. And it's something that we should avoid at all costs. But in actuality, if we're design in some ways is taking a leap to imagine something that either hasn't been created before, 
or just imagining a way that something could be different or better. And in moving from a status quo, that is taking a risk. And so you cannot get unless you're willing to take great risk. And so I think it's really interesting to, you know, if you are taking risk, it means that you accept that sometimes you're just going to get it wrong. You might fail. And I think our willingness to be public with our failure, um, especially because I, I believe that like if you're in a position of designing something that's going to impact people's lives, you have a certain degree of power. And I think if those who have power cannot admit when power has like led to something that hasn't been great, um, then what chance do we all have um, in this society? So I think it's, it's revealing it so that we can all experience a collective learning and, and growth. And because it often means that there are conversations behind that failure that need to happen. And when we don't have those conversations, then we can't, as you said, actually get better. Yeah. And, you know, it just makes them more relatable when they, you know, do admit their failures. Like you said, no one's perfect. So what companies are you, what companies or even, you know, architecture design firms are you seeing that might be applying a human centered approach to their design work right now? Or do you expect to see any at Neocon that fit in with this year's theme? You know, um, it's hard to isolate a particular firm that's that's doing the work in insofar as I just feel like um, a lot of people are turning to an idea of what does it mean to incorporate more human centeredness into the work um, I think I actually take um, inspiration from actually not necessarily the big firms although there I think there are big firms really doing some interesting work in this area, but actually I think um, looking at some of the smaller and more nimble firms um, who are attempting to explore this has been interesting. So, um, you know, in Chicago, there's like Leighton Design, um, which Catherine Darnstadt um, has been leading, which has been great, um, and Greater Good Studio, um, which George I and Sarah Cantor are doing, um, which is great. And I think um, in some ways, the the smaller studios, because there's a certain nimbleness in what they have, I think have been really pushing the envelope on kind of just exploring how do we think about human-centered design in different ways and how do we introduce conversations around power and marginalization. And I think um, in some ways, they're setting up the experimentation platform to allow the the larger firms to maybe take in from some of that um, and, and look and see, well, how do we incorporate that into our practices? Right. And going off of your personal work, what factors or what factors do you consider um, important when designing a space or questions necessary to be asked when looking at designing a space? Well, um, for me, one of the biggest questions is, or I should say the two biggest questions is, who and why, um, you know, I think I often say that I have um, two clients, uh, the person who pays me and the people who have to live with what I've created. And I think that um, the design industry, we've set up a lot of our processes around that first client, right? Like we're very much a commission-based industry. And I think we need to figure out how to 
expand the tent so that we are also serving that second client a bit better. Um, can't just assume that um, the person who's commissioning the work automatically knows what the people who are going to be living with the work need or desire. And so we have to make sure to hear their voices as well, which is very much connected to this idea of human-centered design. And so um, I asked the question of like, who's going to be impacted by what I create and how am I making sure that I hear their voices and then I'm giving them a seat at the table to help shape what we're creating. Um, and when it comes to the paying clients, like also what do they need to be effective stewards of this project? So I'm, I'm having conversations with them. And then the why is, um, you know, I prefer not to think of my work as, um, you know, that the end product is a, is a space because um, I think that's about outputs. And I think if I'm thinking of my work back to what we talked about in the beginning of like, how are we actually sort of moving the needle on some of these larger things? Um, and how am I making sure that my act of design is an intentional act in the world is I start to look at what's the outcome that I want, that we need to achieve to actually um, get towards that. So um I sometimes will say it's like design plus or architecture plus. So, um, you know, it's not looking at housing, but it's looking at how am I making sure that these people have better opportunities in their life, which might mean that we're designing workforce development programs or we're specifically looking at the design of a space as specifically um, aimed at how we're bringing people together um, in a positive um, and deeply social and loving and healing way, um, which is different than saying, let me design a park or let me design a public space. Um, and to get at how do I understand that? Why it often means I'm also going back in time and understanding what have created the conditions that have set up what I even need to respond to. So you're not just designing a space, you're really designing something that can move a population forward, the user forward, and just better them in general. I think that's great. Yeah, I think sometimes we focus so much at the on the product or the space at the exclusion of the like actual true impact that we can work. And I think it you know, I can understand why people get frustrated of like, wait, but I'm just a designer. What can I do? Um, is because if all that we do is a product or a space, then yeah, we can't really do that much. But if we're actually trying to meaningfully participate in some of these conversations, then it means that we have to, to think greater. And that's not to sort of go into the whole hero designer thing of like, I can solve the world's biggest problems. <laughs> but it, it's, it's more to say that like, um, Right now, we're not even at the table for the most part. And so if we don't get at the table, we can't actually do anything. And so when I'm solving, um, working to solve things, I'm not working to solve it alone. I'm, I'm working with, you know, probably somebody from public health or perhaps an economist or somebody who does stuff around criminal justice. Like we are all at the table together and it is in putting our mutual skills together that we can figure out how to make change. And I think for too long, designers have not been at the table and people haven't looked to us as being 
contributors to making change because either we're out trying to do it ourselves and often not doing it successfully when we do it that way, or we're not even trying to pick up the mantle and participate in these conversations. Yep. And I think it shows that group effort, open communication, and just a sense of community really can propel a project forward in a positive way. And I think that's a great message for whoever attends your keynote on Wednesday to really take away from this podcast and potentially your presentation as well. I hope so. Yeah. So wrapping this up, what are you most excited for, for the show? Um, anything you're potentially looking forward to seeing in particular? You know, I haven't been to Neocon in many years. So I think I'm, I'm um, just interested to kind of see how it has changed. Um, I think even the fact that human centered design is the theme for this year, I feel like that's a, that's a, a sign of, where the industry has gotten to. And so I'm very curious to see all the many different ways in which that conversation permeates that environment from the showrooms, as you noted, to um, what conversations are people having outside of the, um, the sort of plenaries and the other sessions to what are the actual sessions and what, what conversations people are having within them. And so, you know, it, Neocon brings together a, uh, lot of people. And, um, you know, when, when you bring that many people together, and I would say across various design disciplines, which actually, there aren't a lot of conferences that do that. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what what we across this design intersection are thinking um, about our role and in the world um, as designers and as people and how to what does the future look like for us? Exactly. Well, Liz, thank you so much again for joining us on today's podcast. We look forward to your presentation. Again, it is on Wednesday, June 12th at 11 a.m. And it looks like it's going to be on the 19th floor in the Mart in the Neocon Theater for anyone look interested in attending. Um, again, the theme is Do No Harm, the Role of Design in Complicated Times. So, Liz, thank you again. And we look forward to seeing you at Neocon in June. Thank you very much.